0: Ryabovitch! Greetings, dearest friend. Your letter was a welcome respite from the stultifying boredom of life here in sleepy Malikovil, the unwanted visits from dull relatives, and Mamasha's constant fussing and baking. If I have to eat another slice of that woman's legendary sponge cake, Oh, and maybe a glass of tea with that, dear. I will be forced to take out my balkan dagger, the same you once coveted, with a blade curved upwards like a man's excitement, and run her through! (laughs) She tries. God bless, she tries. But apart from baking and emptying my bladder for me, what's a mother to do? We are both divested of the roles we were born to play. She bragging about my exploits to her sewing circle, and me back in the killing fields with you. What's the point of a soldier with no legs? She'd say if she had even a fraction of her son's bluntness. But she doesn't. Instead, she bakes like a woman possessed. And I try to temper my point-blank temper. Which means it spills out in letters like this one. For that, I apologize in advance, my friend before extending the puny paw my doctor still calls a hand to give you an almighty slap to the chops but why love lord minnie gasps why does my oldest and dearest friend not offer sympathy and consolation when i send him a tale of crushing shame of kisses given, but unearned. Oh, those millions of, oh, inaccessible kisses, soaring past our ears like a flock of starlings, dropping tokens of their displeasure on our upturned, woeful mugs. Were it not for science, I, too, would be wiping shit off my stumps and forlornly fiddling with myself between slices of tea and cake. But I don't. Which is not to say I didn't. First three, four years were hard, and I succumbed to self-pity. I will never feel the caress of a woman again, I thought. A young man, still virile, full of fantastical plans for love and romance, having to be helped on and off the chamber pot by his ailing mother. And yes, she does the down below sprucing up too, dear boy. A challenge for Cupid. Find me a woman who wants to have carnal relations with her husband after removing fecal matter from his arse. But at least I was blessed with intelligent conversation thanks to my dear doctor who visited not only for check-ups but to minister to my soul. I also, thank the Lord, had books. Anton Pavlovich is very keen on the writings of the English botanist, Mr. Charles Darwin. And so, I became intrigued by his theories too. Soon, thoughts began to wriggle around in my head like Darwin's worms. Thoughts based on equivalences and parallels. For is this not how the mind works? Contrastively, correlatively thoughts about lovers and soldiers, kissers and killers. Might it be possible to transmute back and forth between the two as easily as changing double S's for double L's? We who have been trained to the highest degree to kill, can we not use these skills to succeed in the arts of love? A few weeks back, the good doctor and myself paid a visit to Konstantin Makovsky's estate, about twenty versts distant. Who'd believe that a man could acquire such a vast, luxurious residence by simply applying paint to canvas? I suppose it shows you what portraits of generals and a gold medal from L'Exposition Universelle can do for a man's reputation and his coffers. He is of course no longer plain Konstantin Makovsky but the phenomenon Konstantin Makovsky He has something of the Bortsoi or Afghan hound about him. Long thin face, full red lips, steely grey eyes a vein in his temple throbs violently while he drones on about the topics of the day. <laughs> With large, sweeping gestures, as if he were still holding his paintbrush or a conductor's baton. He is now in his late 50s. His wife, Maria. Alexievna is half his age. As she led us into the drawing-room, I made the schoolboy error of inquiring whether her papa was painting upstairs. My quick-witted doctor, out of breath from pushing my damned bath-chair up the drive, stepped in to save me. But, my dear fellow, Maria Alexievna is blessed with only one painter in the family, her husband. Great artists don't grow on trees, you know. (laughs) With the other's arrival, I was spared having to further extract myself from this painful faux pas. After a dull meal with innumerable toasts, Potopenko was wheeled out to give a recital with Lydia Mitsinova. For a while, I sat watching Potopenko's fat, huffy wife aim dagger-eyes at Mitsinova's heaving bosom as she tralala along with her husband. But soon, my attention returned to Maria Alexievna who seemed distracted by a ribbon on her dress, and not especially interested in the mazurkas and ballads. I decided it was time to bag my prey. Maria Alexievna, I whispered. She leaned into my cripple carriage like a mother might, checking on a baby. I placed my hand on hers, she let it remain there. Rule number one, touch. Darwin tells us that we are animals, highly evolved, intelligent animals, but animals nonetheless, and animals respond to touch and gesture. Keeping hold of her hand, I skewed my mouth to the side of my face and began to make pipe-smoking air kisses. One of the bovine mamashes hovering somewhere behind us lowered her blubber face into our sphere to see if she were needed. Maria whispered that she was going to take me out to the garden where I might smoke my pipe. (laughs) I reckoned that I had perhaps half an hour to carry out my seduction. (laughs) Rule number two! Find some way of separating the woman you're going to kiss from the pack, but not so far that she feels unsafe. Once this is achieved, she will be forced to give you her full attention, and only then can the kiss kill commence in earnest. So, as Potopenko and Mitsinova launched into one of Rubinstein's Persian songs, Maria began to push me out of the drawing room toward the garden. This is quite some vehicle you have here, Vladimir Grigolovich little darling panted, her voice still honeyed with good humor. It's designed to be pulled by a donkey. <laughs> it's the donkey's day off today, so you'll have to do. it. <laughs> Rule number three, denigration women expect a man who is wooing them to be all compliments and kisses. By reversing these expectations with endurable barbs and criticism, you not only wrongfoot her sense of what you're up to, but also vivify that voice in her head, which only quietens when men are fawning over her, that sneers, you're nothing special. In fact, you're a bit of a bore. Maria had by now pushed my chair all the way down the lime tree path, positioning as somewhat near <coughs> dilapidated orangery. Behind us, the forest soughed contentedly. We both gazed towards a sliver of the Greybrew Lake, where Anton Pavlovich had bragged about catching whole schools of pike, perch, and his beloved tench. She helped me gather together my smoking (coughs) paraphernalia from the various pouches secreted about my chair. Before lighting up, I asked if we might move to the other side of the garden, a more shaded area further from the house. As I found the sun's glare, I professed, even in the late afternoon, a little intense. (laughs) Rule number four, in pursuit of a young lady, make sure to have one or two changes of scene. Every translocation refreshes her perspective, making her feel she's known you for much longer than she (laughs) has. So there we sat, under the linden trees, and there I introduced... The denouement of my kiss kill stratagem. Rule number five connect with her heart, soul, mind, and genitalia. <laughs> All the rules I have just outlined to you, Reyabovich, could be carried out by a tata, as very little finesse is required. Even a mongol could get a little celebration going for his good fellow on a regular basis. But where is the skill and satisfaction in kiss-killing like this? The final rule requires a certain level of artistry. For it is here we connect not just with a woman's physical exterior, but also with her sensibilities she will invariably become excited at a grosser level then it's just a matter of shooting fish in a barrel <laughs> how to connect well are you not feeling a certain level of erotic excitement in your stomach and groin how have i done this with words by creating images in your head by telling you a story it is this that we must do with our prey earlier in the day when Makovsky had given myself and the good doctor a tour of his studio I'd noticed that he was working on a rendering of the judgment of Paris in oils his Aphrodite was not as I would have expected the dark-haired Jewess, his wife, but a fair-skinned, golden-haired pubescent, with small, plum-like breasts and an ivory-hued vulva. I did not dwell on this aspect with Maria, however, as it would have brought her down to earth again, into the mire of marital jealousies and infidelity. Instead. I began to discuss the story behind the painting as I smoked my pipe. The delicious, spicy aroma of xanthi-samsoon tobacco spiriting it away to steep, rocky coasts of the Black Sea, to rivers cascading through cleaved gorges. I spoke of those three Greek goddesses bathing in the warm springs of Mount Ida before displaying their bare flesh to the young shepherd-princes inspection. And as I described the scene, I allowed my own scrutiny quite naturally to take on some of the ardor of the tale. I lowered my voice so that she would need to come closer. I could see in her eyes the flickering genesis of that glazed enthrallment we call desire. I blinked once, twice, and so did she. (laughs) I licked my lips, her small tongue edged out of her mouth and cautiously moistened At that point, it was relatively straightforward to do what I had intended to do the first time I set eyes on Makovsky's wife. (laughs) I hope you do not take this remedia amoris as a cruel vaunting of my seductive fluency, set against the inertia of your own (laughs) non-performance. If anything, I hope this kiss-kill tale gives you hope and fortitude, my friend. For, if a puffy-faced cripple can have his way with a beautiful Jewess in her own husband's arbor, well then, my dear fellow, you too, by carefully applying yourself to this curriculum of seduction, may be transformed from the hunted, or in your case, the haunted, into a hunter like me. Forbearance, my dear Ryabovitch, and may God grant you courage and cunning for the kill, your mangled Ovid, Vova.